0: Welcome to the Japan Longing Club podcast, a podcast for those who long to travel to Japan and appreciate media, games, and real-life culture from Japan and the world beyond. We're your hosts, Jared and Randy. Randy, how are you doing today?
1: Oh, I could be better, Jared. I've got allergies. It's that time of year. Yeah, it's beautiful springtime in the U.S. of
0: A. What do you think it is for the allergies? Is it the trees... And the leaves coming
1: in, the flowers, are the bees out there spreading all that pollen? Uh, no bees yet, and it's probably something like a tree or grass or some other one of nature's nightmares. I don't know, I'm an indoor cat, so all that stuff is not for me. I hear you. Um, I'm I'm allergic to dust, so,
0: you know, as soon as I start to dust something, I sneeze five times, and I thank I, I the dust gods, if you know what I mean. Right. How about you? How are you doing? I, you know, someone else asked me that question today when it comes to allergies, at least. So my allergies, I've taken a couple allergy pills this year. Um, other than that, I'm doing okay. Just living that adult, Good. you know, living that adult life. Um, a lot of adulting recently.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, lots of housework. <laughs> oh yeah for sure yeah. it'll creep up on you uh yeah all
0: at once they say and it comes in threes i wonder where that phrase coming from it's eh, probably some probably some dark history let's not go there mm-hmm. um, <laughs> well
1: randy what have you been playing for games what have you been watching lately what's been keeping you entertained uh, i recently started watching digimon adventure 2020 the new uh remake mm. of season one of digimon I'm about se- 7 episodes in. It's different, but I definitely do enjoy it. I'm going into it with a open mind and open heart hmm. and seeing how that whole thing unfolds. Uh otherwise, I hacked my 3DS, so now I'm playing a bunch of older games. Scandalous. And <laughs> I know, right? And uh playing uh Pokémon Soul Silver, and unfortunately, I think I think I broke the game. There's a a gym leader I'm supposed to fight, but she's not there. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that goes.
0: <laughs> uh, that's that sounds amazing. Um, mm. I thought I remember back in the day, you know, playing Pokemon Red, and I thought I was cool for quote hacking the game and getting that missing no missing number to appear
1: and, <laughs> and getting a bunch yep. of rare can- rare candies, <laughs> rare candies, master balls, the whole kitten caboodle. Yeah. That's amazing. This time I've just got a bunch of cheats going, so it's uh, mm-hmm. it's fun. Maybe that broke it. Who knows?
0: <laughs> now, I think I heard you say earlier that you had watched mm. a Spider-Man film. Was it No Way Home today? In preparation for the big release coming out this Friday uh, known as Doctor Strange,
1: or as I like to call it, Doctor Anime. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah, Multiverse of Madness is out this weekend, so I wanted to be caught up. I saw Spider-Man No Way Home in theaters, and I haven't seen it since, and figured, well, I stayed home sick today. Might as well kill a bunch of that time with a two-hour, 40-minute-long movie. Exactly. It was a great experience. I love it even more the second time. Yeah, sounds like a good comfort movie for a day where you're at home under the covers
0: trying to recover. Mm Mm-hmm. What about you? What have you been watching or playing? You know, I've been playing a lot of Smash Brothers and Mario Kart 8. So um, that's a lot of Switch games with my cousin. Uh, so he's been getting better and better at Smash, and we've been really competitive. We were trying to figure out who's the best Sephiroth. Um, so <laughs> we played a five game tournament. Because I won the first two rounds as Sephiroth. Always shirtless, by the way. Of course. Yes. And so shirtless Sephiroth. And I won the first two rounds. So I was the clear winner. And then uh, he didn't accept that. So we went to five. And then he won the next three rounds in a row. Mm-hmm. So I lost. So I'm now no longer the ultimate Sephiroth. Oh, well, at least there is one who stands among you. Yes. And uh, what I've been watching, not a whole lot, but yesterday I did watch the Doctor Strange episode of What If uh, on that platform, Disney Plus, where I had a lot of people telling me that I needed to watch the What If episode um, just so I could see the evil, dark Doctor Anime Strange and uh, it was actually super good episode. I'd only seen the first episode of What If when it first came out. And, um, you know, just for some reason didn't continue. But this episode was really well done. They crammed a lot in there <laughs> in <laughs> 30-something minutes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, impressive. And
1: I do think it is worth seeing before this film comes out this week. Absolutely. I actually do have one other thing I watched that I do want to bring up. Because sure. I don't know how I forgot about it. Over the weekend, my husband and I have been watching uh, Mobile Suit Gundam in production order. Uh, so we've gone through Mobile Suit Gundam Zeta, Double Zeta. Uh, what's the next one? Char's Counterattack. Triple Zeta. <laughs> it just keeps going. More Zetas. More, more Zetas. More the more the time. I just don't
0: know why they changed the fourth Zeta series to Quad Z because it's just kind of <laughs> weird.
1: Yeah, but over this past weekend, we watched the OVA. Gundam 0080, War in the Pocket, uh, which is what I always wanted from Gundam. This was the best thing I've ever seen. It's a six-episode ova. It's gorgeous. It is intense. A lot of great emotion and a lot of great messages. So uh, if you've never seen Gundam, watch this and then stop because I don't think anything gets better than this. So have fun with it. Yeah, that one was an interesting
0: you know, series to watch uh, as a Gundam fan, and I think... As an adult, you're going to appreciate it a lot more than as a child or a teenager, which is when I first Mm -hmm. watched it. And if you're expecting a more high-action, you know, mecha anime with lots of space battles and stuff, um, this one's very different. And, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so definitely I recommend it, too. Uh, I actually bought that recently, and Mm. I plan to watch it on the Blu-ray release. And to uh, experience it as, uh, you know, a more older, mature adult. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it differently. hmm It's an experience. Yeah. Well, we are in the second episode of the Japan Longing Club podcast, and this time we have structured out the podcast to flow with our introduction, some news, a little bit of a travel story. And we have received permission to read some writings from Camellia Tea House in Kyoto. So we're going to go right through to the next level here with our new segment called Go Guy, Go Guy, Extra, Extra. It's time for the Japan and Club Shimbun. Which also means newspaper, where we will talk about <laughs> some news, um, and we're going to talk about some just you know hand selected news articles that are interesting to us, and a little mm-hmm. bit of some news out of Japan. So let's kick it off with the Xenoblade Chronicles Three trailer, which came out a few weeks ago at this point, but it's still relative, and we need to talk about it for just a minute. Uh, Randy, I know you saw this trailer. We talked about it on the last episode of the podcast. Are you excited for this game?
1: I'm very excited. I'm slightly less excited because the reason why it's coming out in July is that it switched release dates internally with uh, Splatoon 3. So now Splatoon 3 is coming out in September, and while it still is technically summer, Splatoon is a summer game to me, and coming out in September is BS, and I'm upset about that. I would much rather wait for (laughs) Xenoblade, but I know that's not how things work. One of them is a little bit further behind in development, the other one is close to done, which is wild. We didn't know this game existed until recently, and they're like, guess what? It's already out in a couple of months. But Mm -hmm. I'm excited for where the story's going to go. They've shown off a lot of uh, the characters, and I'm always down for more Xenoblade. I would prefer a Cross 2, but I will take a uh, Chronicles 3. I hear you. Uh, I I mean, I've seen this trailer,
0: I believe, two times now, and there's some new concepts, it looks like, of characters that can... They're fusing together by the style of Dragon Ball or something, and <laughs> they are making a, a large robot versions of themselves. I'm not even sure what's going
1: on, and I'm okay with it. Very Zeno, yeah. To be have robots in there. It's yeah. weird that they're not a thing to pilot in one or two, but here we are. Here we are. So yeah, that trailer dropped the.
0: Release date changed. Um, I, you know, I kind of agree with you there when it comes to wishing it, came, it was coming out a little longer or a little later in the year. Uh, that's just because I, <laughs> I just want to play other stuff before I get to <laughs> Xenoblade. But uh, the next news item, I picked this because I thought maybe you had some things to say on the new Sonic Origins you know, announcement, which is a remaster of four games. So it's Sonic, Sonic CD, Sonic 2, Sonic 3. And knuckles. Oh, and knuckles. Yeah. Well, here's. I had a hard time actually. I was going through the trailer, and I was wanted to like type out what games are in this. And Sonic CD's logo. It looked like it was like Sonic Two. So um, <laughs> I was like, "What is this?" Uh, but then also, there's a website that launched with this, where like the releases between standard and the digital deluxe version are between forty and forty five dollars. And there's been a lot of uh, some vocal internet talking about this release do you have anything to say about that randy
1: i'm a big fan of sonic and especially these four games when announcement was dropped i immediately went to steam to look for a steam page i'm like i just want to buy it right now and Mm -hmm. the second that it was available i hadn't even seen that chart or anything Mm -hmm. bought it the deluxe edition i'm like i'm not screwing around whatever it is i want it so the big deal is they've added features to a remaster of old games and they are keeping stuff away from you if you don't a get the deluxe edition or b pre-order it because there are some things in that chart of even in the ultimate edition doesn't come with this and that's because you need to pre-order the ultimate edition or also buy like an extra pack with extra stuff which sucks i think that for old games like these they're doing a lot and i know that that costs money but you're already charging for it. I don't know why you had to parse it out and like cut stuff off. Just make mm-hmm. it one skew. Just w- one thing is the Ultimate Edition, and you just got to pay 45 I don't think anybody was going to go, $45? Oh, 40 I would have gone for. But, you know, it is yeah. what it is, I guess. And hopefully they don't pull this kind of thing down the road. But all at the same time, I don't know, man. I'm really excited. I love those four games. They're putting so much work into it. We're getting those... I think it's the Christian Whitehead versions of 1 and 2, and then Headcanon, um, the company that he works with, is redoing 3 and CD so that it'll all be consistent and be able to play on widescreen and all this other fun jazz. I, uh, I'm i very excited for it. Sounds like they're modernizing these games a bit. Yeah, there's a few things. There's also some cheats to make it a little easier because these games are old and hard and unforgiving, and, you know, might be fun to kind of blaze through a little easier. Yeah, cheats for
0: people like me who did not actually really grow up with Sonic much, but in my times that I've tried Sonic, I just tend to die a lot. So, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, no, that sounds exciting for, there's a lot of Sonic fans, and as we all know, Sonic is hotter than ever. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) With millions and millions of dollars being raked in (laughs) for the films that have been coming out, so. Heck yeah. (laughs) And speaking of video game films, um, this is Miyamoto. Mario. Oh, the Mario movie has been delayed. <laughs> so on Twitter, I don't know what happened if like Miyamoto just lo- <laughs> for the first time ever, just he's just like logged into the English North American. <laughs> <laughs> uh, U.S. <laughs> Twitter account, but it, it, there was this tweet that was released where he's like, "This is Miyamoto. I spoke with Chris San and et cetera, et cetera. We're going to be delaying this movie until April seventh of twenty twenty three. Which movie do you ask? Well, it's the Untitled Mario film." <laughs> and what's great is that uh, the main voice cast has already been announced so (laughs) as a lot of people probably already know this that Chris Pratt is apparently the voice of Mario so when this is Miyamoto, quote, uh, <laughs> said he spoke with Chris-san. Um, a lot of people thought he talked with <laughs> Chris Pratt about <laughs> the, the delay of this film, uh, but it was actually in reference to Chris Melodandre, um, who is the founder and CEO of Illumination, uh, which uh, is the studio that's making uh, the Mario film, and the studio behind such hit films and franchises as Despicable Me and Minions. <laughs> so, yeah, a little more context would have been nice, but hey, Chris Pratt, Chris <laughs> Chris M-
1: Melodandri from Illumination, you know, cool. <laughs> I think we can all agree there's too many Chrises out there, and I know that we have uh, friends named Chris. Chris, there's too many of you. You need to stop it. I don't know what that means, yeah. but you gotta stop it. Also, uh, <laughs> it wasn't like he logged into the North American Twitter account. He... <laughs> There was a tweet from the Japanese Nintendo account, and it just opens with Miyamoto des, which is like, you know, hey, Miyamoto speaking, but of course, just direct translate, this is Miyamoto. <laughs> I spoke with Chris-san. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, okay. All right, buddy. Google Translate came in a pinch. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, something to look forward to in April of next year. Is it? Never mind. Sorry. I didn't mean to be snappy about that. You know <laughs> what? Uh, it, it may be, you know. I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's just not something that excites me as much as Sonic does, because I don't feel Mario is that appealing of a character. I'm sorry. Hey, I, I think that this is going to
0: be a film that is going to pull from a lot of originality in some way or another, because on its own, I'm not really sure how a film would do. But I uh, I think it's going to be modernized to some fashion. It's kind of like what Sonic did, where it's... Definitely not quite like the games, but just pulls a lot of reference from them. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm thinking. But uh, we need a trailer for this movie. You know? Right. I hope
1: the next one is this is Miyamoto or Miyamoto Des, here's a trailer. <laughs> that would be that'd be pretty nice. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I don't have I don't hold any ill will towards Illumination for Despicable Being <laughs> Minions. They're fine movies. It's just that, you know, the the memes get to be too much and that's not really the movie's fault. So uh,
0: well, everything is a meme nowadays, uh, including the Japan Longing Club podcast, so share <laughs> share us like there's never a tomorrow, okay? Yes. little extra news here. So, G GKids, mm. which is a company that licenses and distributes anime films in certain series for anime and other animation throughout the world, um, announced that they are going to be releasing... Nadia, The Secret of Blue Water, um, based on a new 4K restoration, and what that means is an anime that I've never seen, um, but basically, I think like Hideaki Anno had a lot to do with that, correct? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's a series that's going to be coming out, and I've been waiting for something like this to be able to easily
1: access it, so... I've had the Blu-ray of the series on my shelf for the past uh, seven years, and I haven't watched it yet. Hopefully, oh. this will help. I am worried that, you know, Kids putting this out, they said it's from a 4K restoration, but they stopped short of announcing a 4K Blu-ray. And they've done this before, like with um, Future Boy Conan, uh, where they're like, it's a, from a 4K restoration, but it's just a standard 1080p Blu-ray. Meanwhile, in the EU, they got a 4K Blu-ray, so it's kind of a bummer. Uh, We'll we'll have to wait and see, because I would like to have a reason to to double dip and to upgrade and finally sit down and watch the show in which it's uh, Shinji Ikari, but with a tan and uh, girl hair um, going off on adventures. It's the same character design. Um, He's said it before. (laughs) It's the exact same.
0: Well, that's interesting. I don't know anything about the story for Nadia uh, or the characters anything i've only just seen character art over the years for a long time now so mm. so uh, assuming there's a lot of water and a lot of shinji cosplay
1: <laughs> you would think uh, <laughs> i know it's not on our list here but i also want to bring up gkids did announce that we're going to be getting a 4k blu-ray of bell later on this year sucks that it's not coming out when the standard Blu-ray comes out. So I guess I'm just not going to buy that now, and I'm just going to wait. But it's exciting. I get confused sometimes with these
0: releases because I don't have a 4K TV yet, and Mm -hmm. I I wonder if my standard Blu-ray player will play like that release versus the Blu-ray that they're already going to release. So I I think, will my Blu-ray player be able
1: to handle this? And it's just something I haven't Googled yet. (laughs) Sure, I can answer that for you right now. No, it's like... Even though it's called Blu-ray, it is an entirely different thing. So you can't pop in a 4K Blu-ray and it's just going to play it for you Mm. in standard def. Or standard def? Standard high definition. Uh, They do generally come with uh, standard Blu-ray as well. I've got Scott Pilgrim's 4K sitting right over there. And it's two discs, the 4K one and the regular Blu-ray. So like in the old days when they would do combo packs of Blu-ray and DVD. Ah, man, combo packs. Those are usually the greatest
0: and sometimes they come in <laughs> handy when you just show up at someone's house and they do not have a Blu-ray player in, like, a certain room or something, and just an mm. old DVD player, like a PlayStation 2 or something. Oh, Oh, boy. So, moving on here to some news straight out of Japan. Uh, I call this No More Trash Bins. So... <gasps> I know. It's a mystery. Where are they going? So, all of the trash bins, or most of the trash bins... And almost all of the Tokyo train and metro stations will be removed, according to Japan Today and other news sources. Uh, The Tokyo Metropolitan Bureau of Transportation, I wonder if there's an acronym for that, announced (laughs) it will be removing the remaining trash bins and stations by Monday, May 9th. So that's pretty soon. Uh, And the Tokyo Metro has already removed their bins back in January. And apparently at some point, trash bins were switched from standard bins to clear bins where you could see like the contents of the trash inside and that the station staff could keep a better eye on them to like monitor the contents. Mm. Uh, And that that removing of these bins will be put in place to better protect the city as a countermeasure to terrorism. So Mm. here's something about Japan that I think that a lot of people uh, don't realize or expect once you get there is there are very few trash cans publicly available for you. There's a lot of recycling bins next to vending machines. And there's usually like a trash bin or a recycling available within like a konbini or a convenience store. But other than that, uh, even at like popular destinations within like Tokyo and other areas, they're just not that common to find. So usually what you do is you have this plastic bag with you from, like, the store, and you carry your trash with you until you get either to your home, I mean, if you live there, but if you're a tourist, uh, when you get to your hotel or your Ryokan, wherever you're staying, unless you're really lucky to find a trash bin somewhere. Hmm. So, I'm wondering if this is some result from lesser tourism over the last few years, and those bins weren't being used as much, but still had to be maintained... And it sounds mm-hmm. like there was a savings cost of a lot of money to remove these bins, not have to pay for trash services anymore. But uh, very different culturally because in a lot of cities here, um, especially in you know places where people visit and some tourism within at least the United States, right? There's a lot of trash bins and usually they're overflowing. <laughs> so Yeah.
1: I will say I am uh, I feel their pain if they wish that they could find more trash bins because anytime I go through a drive-thru, they don't got them no more. It's just Wendy's and Culver's and nobody else. And I'm like, well, guess I just have to sit with my previous time's trash or be a responsible adult and take it out when I leave the car next time. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I get it. Culturally, you're just not going to use it too often. So I guess uh, why bother maintaining it? Yeah. And Japan is
0: also known as fairly litter-free. Um, Ugh, I wish we could have that sort of
1: mentality. cultural <laughs> mentality here, because I'm on a bus sometimes, and there are bottles or something just rattling around. And I'm like, man, really? You couldn't <laughs> just throw that away somewhere? I hear you. So, there's that. We do have a travel
0: story for this episode. And All right. this is something that I pulled from the New York Times, uh, where it's an article written by Craig Maud, and it's a series called The World Through a Lens. And the titling of this article was, or is, A Long Walk in a Fading Corner of Japan. As is true throughout rural Japan, many of the once vibrant villages on Honshu's Key Peninsula are aging into nothingness. So, this is an article that highlights the peninsula which is south of Osaka and Kyoto, uh, where... I've looked at this peninsula a lot in planning a a trip to Japan. Um, There's a a few famous areas uh, on this peninsula, but a lot of them are pretty hard to get to, especially if you don't go to some of the main attractions. Um, And I'm talking hours upon hours of train rides. So it's quite the interesting thing, but... The trains, Mm. they go, like, around the coast. So you get these amazing views, but, yeah, you really have to plan, like, a full day for a further destination on this peninsula. Wow. So just a little bit to talk about uh, what this article goes over, and I highly recommend going to this article um, on the New York Times, so that you can see the photos that were taken with it, also by Craig Mott. But the Kii Peninsula is the largest peninsula on Honshu, which is the main island of Japan. It's usually known for its pilgrimage routes and sacred sites like Koyasan. Uh, Craig has been traveling around the area and visiting local towns, observing the local ways of life and seeing an aging population out and about on the streets, noting that most people taking a stroll are outside of or, or older than the age of 50. So not many young people is what he's getting at. And so, like nowadays, you can take a train line in an incline car. Um, In the past, you'd have to get to Koyasan um, by like a pilgrimage route, a lot of walking. (laughs) Koyasan is the center of Shingon Buddhism. So it's like a large temple settlement in Wakayama Prefecture, which is, again, south of Osaka. Um, I have not been there, but it's planned on the trip. You can do an overnight stay at a temple. And it's like a traditional experience where you can have basically the food that the monks eat, uh, shojin ryori, so traditional vegetarian cuisine. There's a massive cemetery up there with a lot of famous people that I'm not going to start to try to even guess who's up there. But a lot of famous <laughs> historical figures are buried there, and the the photos look amazing. And I try not to spoil myself with uh, too many photos because I want to experience it for myself, but... Very much a destination that sounds like it's recommended. Heck yeah. Yeah. And so it's also, the peninsula is also home to the tallest single drop waterfall in Japan, which is Nachi Falls at Kamano Nachi Taisha Shrine, um, which is one of the three Kamano shrines that you can visit. And Craig Maud wishes at the end of his writing that on the Key Peninsula for anyone to travel to this area as soon as possible before it fades even more. Because it sounds like it's at the end of its time um Mm. so yeah uh obviously nobody can travel there right now as a tourist except we didn't really go over this uh but (laughs) flights are now resuming from hawaii (laughs) oh pretty, pretty controversial topic that flights are going into narita airport as far as i understand um probably limited number of people who can enter but tourism has started up a little bit in that Respect. Um, I'm not sure how many people will be planning to go to the key Peninsula, um, but but yeah, to get to like Koyasan, for example, you have to plan a uh, like a like a train. Um, mm. There is like an ex- like an express line, it might be the Nankai Railway uh, down into. I'm not sure exactly which area, but you eventually you you change from the train line over to a like an incline ropeway, and when you get up to the top of it, I believe you not supposed to walk. So there's like a bus that takes you over to the kind of like the shrine settlement area. And uh, then you can go to your Rokan for the night and experience everything that that location has to offer. But um, Randy, what do you think about this concept of the like aging Japan and how there's large sections of Japan that um, are just, you know, an aging population and, you know, some of these cultural items might be lost over time or that everything's been changing for them
1: i mean that's a big bummer i mean there's also plenty of places here in our country that uh if it's not a a metropolitan area there's usually some degradation um loss Mm -hmm. of population because people move away and of course the population continues to age it's a bummer and it sucks even more that we can't just go (laughs) i understand why it's for the safety of people i'm not going to say, we should be allowed to go there and I want to see this peninsula, your health be damned. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's uh, it's kind of heartbreaking, really.
0: In a, yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially, it's very common that a lot of younger people have moved into cities and you have so many banded houses and the rates of that have been increasing. For some reason, I've been getting ads <laughs> sent to me online, <laughs> recommended for me of buying houses in Japan. And, we'll uh, do it's it. Like, it's like, yeah, okay. Uh, mm.
1: But they're really in the middle of nowhere. So it gets tough, you know? You could revitalize that town, Jared. You, a white ah. man, bring <laughs> life back to this. Look, <laughs> I don't village. want. I don't need a sequel to The Last Samurai where a white
0: man tries to. <laughs> Oh man, we can't even go there. <laughs> no, let's not. Um, but yeah, can you imagine another life where <laughs> this sounds like the title of some <laughs> weird anime or something. <laughs> in another life. <laughs> <laughs> I owned an inn in Japan or something like that.
1: <laughs> I mean that's
0: the title. That's a
1: light novel from the sound yes. of it. It's too long. Yeah.
0: There's another there's, there's a better wording for that, but um <laughs> for that title. So but yeah, uh again, check out that article. New York Times, uh, The World Through a Lens by Craig Maud, And one other segment that's new for us. I call it Stories from the Tea House. So All right. grab- Yeah. So grab a bowl of matcha and some Japanese sweets as
1: we read the following story from Camellia Tea House in Kyoto. I brought water and uh, cough drops. Is that uh, equivalent to uh, the tea and stuff? Absolutely as long as your cough drops are green tea flavored. Oh, I wish. They're just regular blue.
0: Ah, well, um, that's definitely close. Okay. Um, Well, uh, so, yeah, this is the first time we're doing this. I've been talking with Camellia Tea House, and they have a Twitter feed and Instagram website where uh, there's two tea houses in Kyoto, and they share a lot of photos and a lot of writing. Um, Mm. going over culture, history, uh, myth, and legends, and et cetera, out of the Kyoto area. And so we've received some permission to be able to read their writings um, just as like an educational piece. And I think they're pretty fascinating. There's a lot within these posts at times. So we're just going to read right through it, talk about it a little bit, and we hope that you enjoy it. And at uh, the same, and at the end of this, we'll read off uh, you know, where you can find them online. But if you were to search for Camellia Tea House in Kyoto, you'll definitely find them. So here we go. Yesterday was Hachiju Hachiya, the 88th day after the beginning of spring, which is Rishun in the traditional calendar. This is a peak harvest time for tea, and the first tea of the year begins appearing in shops about now. During the first harvest, only the youngest parts of the tea plant, shincha, are picked. These leaves are considered to have the finest flavor and quality. The leaves are steamed and then dried, rolled to create tea leaves, or laid flat for the creation of matcha later. So, Okunoyama Cha N has produced tea for over 650 years and is the last of Uji's original tea gardens to have survived to modern times. Um, and so, just for anyone who knows, uh, who doesn't know this, that Uji is pretty much considered like the green tea capital of the world. Mm. Um, it's near Kyoto. I learned something. Yeah. Now, forgive me on my pronunciation. I'll do my best. The tea store of Horishichime N. Founded in 1879, now cares for the garden. In the 14th century, the Ashikaga shogunate recognized the quality and importance of Uji tea by granting special status to seven tea plantations, collectively known as the Uji Shichime-en. Urbanization swallowed six of the original tea producers, but Okunoyama remains. Uji is famed across the world as the birthplace of matcha production in Japan. During the Heian period, the nobility constructed their villas beside the Uji River to escape the summer heat in the capital. The temperate conditions were found to be perfect for growing tea. Five weeks before harvesting, Uji tea farms cover their crops with a black cloth called khanresha. This material cuts 90% of direct sunlight protects the new sprouts from frost and increases chlorophyll, making the leaves sweet and the resulting tea brilliant green, which is uh, pretty iconic for what green tea matcha is. It's always very Mm -hmm. bright green. Um, Most Uji farms use a double black cloth, but Horishichime N creates a third layer using reed and rice straw, the original method for covering the tea plants. Straw is also spread on the ground to protect the roots from frost and insects. So, due to the extra measures that Hori Shichime-en employ, the fresh tea sprouts are slow to grow, but this makes them extremely soft and more flavorful. In recent years, the climate in Uji has grown increasingly unpredictable, a worrying development for tea producers. The first leaves produce some of the finest and most precious tea, so they are highly coveted. Most farms will continue to pick the second and third growth of leaves, but flavor decreases with each harvesting, and so Hori Shichime-en uses only the first picking. There is a belief that the first tea of the season has some extra special qualities that will keep you in good health all year. And Randy, for how you're feeling today, I think you'd need to sip some of the first tea of the year.
1: I think that would be a big help. Um, Might even change my mind about how I feel about tea. Um, So Camellia Tea House does have a website,
0: and it's t kyotocom and you can actually order tea directly from them. So there's like a special small container full of matcha uh, that they'll ship to you. And you can also order a small bowl that you can make the tea in and a whisk. There's a special tea whisk. Um, there's the official names for all of this. Even the spoon that you use to scoop the matcha out of the container has a special name. And I actually did order last year a little kit that had all of this from them directly. So I highly recommend that if you're looking to do a little at-home tea ceremony. Uh, So you can also follow Camellia Tea House on Twitter at Camellia Kyoto for more Japan culture, tea, and history posts. Sweet! Yes! And our last segment, which we don't have anything for it yet because we're just starting out, is from the mailbox. We did have a few people send in some of their questions to us uh, but we're going to save those for, for some future episodes uh, but we're really looking for some travel stories and you know, if you have any questions for us that we can do our best to answer we will be there for you so you can send us your questions and travel stories to longinclub at gmail.com or you can message us on twitter at longinclub but nice. uh, that, yeah that pretty much wraps up our episode here and Randy you know where can we find you on the internet
1: uh if you're looking for me you can generally find me at saber underscore breaker uh that's where i'll be tweeting and sharing many nerdy things i hope that we can find you on twitter sharing your experience trying out some new tea (laughs) i uh we'll see i almost had some peach tea today which of course i would drown in honey but instead Uh, i opted to have coffee because i needed to drink something hot and i was sure to drink the coffee the tea might not all get drank
0: yeah, there's, there's different qualities to different teas out there. And, and, matcha is definitely known to give you some more natural energy of caffeine that's different than coffee, right? So, mm. if you get yourself, you know, get your hands on some matcha, you know, may, maybe not like the Starbucks matcha drink that's out right now. That's like a, right. like a liquid pump thing. Uh, my wife got that the other day. She said it was a little, eh, but so very different from actual real, <laughs> real matcha. Of course. Um, but yeah, if you're not feeling good, try peppermint too because peppermint tea likes to like settle your stomach and all
1: that. Oh, good to uh-huh. know. I'll go well with my minty blue cough drops.
0: Amazing. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Hot Anime Vlogger, and you can find this podcast on Twitter at Longin Club. Please follow us, like and subscribe, and you can follow the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. Sayonara, folks.
1: Ja, mata.